0: So, good evening, everybody, and uh, welcome to this Thursday evening, unique series of Soil, Becoming the Best Version of Yourself. This whole series was created by a source of inspiration within us when we asked ourselves the question, what can we do to take responsibility in this time of acute crisis in the planet? And what could we do to bring about new vibrations, new thoughts? And so what was revealed to us at that time that we should really pay attention closely to some leaders who are unique human beings, who are seeing the world with a fresh pair of eyes, and who are responding in a way that can really help to make the world better, So, I'm so delighted that this evening, Arun has accepted our invitation to be part of this series. Thank you, Arun. I first met you when you were a young man and you had just come out of college and you had just become an entrepreneur. And what a privilege and joy it has been for me to see your journey from a young entrepreneur with very small size of team to now somebody at the world stage who is making India proud of our heritage and making all of us proud of the fact that we are associated with you. So thank you, Arun, for coming to our soil channel this evening.
1: Thank you, Anil, for your remarks. And uh, it's a great relationship with you from the last 32 years of relationship. So I'm continuously learning from you through your conversation,
0: dialogues, and. Engagement. Thanks a lot, Arun. So, you know that uh, the first question I have been asking everybody, which I also would like to ask you, that out of this life that you have lived, which is what a blessed life that you have had, what are the times you recall which stand out to you as periods in which you and your colleagues came together and did something exceptional which gave you a lot of happiness and satisfaction. So, tell us more about some of those times.
1: Uh, yeah, so I think the whole life uh, I never did a formal uh, company. I never joined a formal company. So, with two other friends, Yogesh and Vishnu, we started a first company in '83. As soon as I passed out from Delhi College of Engineering, I had a opportunity to go to US, but uh, I got hurt by my brother-in-law saying. Oh, come to US, nothing is possible in India. So sometimes it hurts me. And then I said, oh, let, let, I'll do something out of India. So I had a green card that time, but try to try our luck in India, fortunate enough to get the right friends and right people, ordinary people, but doing the extraordinary dream. So the few moments, I would say, uh, when we made a decision that, okay, we want to set up a software company way back in 1986. And first company, we set up our Nucleus software workshop in Delhi. And 1988, when you spoke to us in Maurya Sheraton, though we are a team of 35, 40 people, but our dreams were five-star Maurya Sheraton, annual day of Nucleus Day of that size of the company. So I think uh, that day was where the culture of the company got shaped up. The foundation of the, I would say, All India Company shaped up. Otherwise, it was a small South Extension two-bedroom apartment company with very limited resources, but with a large dream, that evening I would say we celebrate till late evening on Moria. But there the team come together and formation of team happened and shaping happened. Then I shifted to Chennai uh, in 1990. It was again a vulnerable place for me, new city. No, I never knew, I didn't know anybody in this Chennai, but I love the city because it is a city where I could able to experiment my own self here, and I don't have a Obligation of weekend parties in Delhi. So, fortunately, I stay back. Manju and me decided to stay back in Chennai. And one of the moments which is a memorable event is when we, 40 people of uh, Nucleus, went to a uh, Lakshya. Lakshya is the annual goal setting process where we went there and we say What we want to see ourselves in year 2000. And we were just two, three crore revenue company. And limited resources, we are happy people, but two, three crore company and that group said, oh, no, we want to be a, uh, somewhere in the global village. And it's so, so various people, various group from the team and they said, oh, we want to be 200 crore company in by year 2000. We said 200 crore is too big a dream from two, two crore to 200 crore. Let's, let's calm down and make it 100 crore as a dream. And we set up our dream of 100 crore at that time from 2 crore to 100 crore in the next seven years. And when the journey of this 40 people, which we call Konarchs, started, we didn't record the business plan out of it because we could not have created a business plan from 2 crore to 100 crore in a linear fashion. And that's where I have a difference of opinion with business schools (laughs) where we emphasize on business plan because certain things, entrepreneurship journeys are not related to business plans. It is uh, related to more entrepreneurial kind of energy, which drives the whole agenda. And from 2 crore to, two six, we achieved 260 crore by year 2000. It was almost like 100 times uh, we could able to achieve. And if I go back and say, how did we achieve? I think it was a universal energy which came together of all the, and all the people which we could hire at that time. We could not have hired the best people from the industry because our capacity were limited. So that moment was beautiful when we went public in 1999 and company got listed. Nobody knew that those stock option, which we given in 1993 would be worth millions for them. And it was a moment of enjoyment for everybody. It's something like celebration happened. Then we acquired the first multinational out of India. When we acquired Citibank subsidiary in 2002, uh, our, uh, my personal satisfaction was an Indian company acquired a multinational rather than most of the time Indian players sell it to multinational so the multinational, the COSAL, which was our competitor when we started in 86 when we acquired them in 2002 it was a moment of delight for all of us who were vindicating that Indian talent and Indian teams can perform better than global teams in the world so that's a journey of up to up to 2006 was a journey of continuous growth and continuous experimentation and going to global, going from country A to B to C to. So we just land up into doing business in more than 24 countries of the world with various subsidiaries, uh, which is there. It's a common usual story there. Then came sometime 2007, 2006, 2007 when you. We looked hit upon some Silicon Valley. I went there. I found Silicon Valley is very different from the services industry we were enjoying. So till 2006, we were enjoying IT services industry. We were growing because of I2K, and that's where I did some research. I found something called design thinking is very different in Silicon Valley, which is not a part of the eastern side of the uh, globe, and that defined them very differently than what conventional software industry gets defined. And that curiosity led me to understand design thinking significantly differently. And my desire to put the products space because fundamentally the Silicon Valley makes money with us products, they don't make money with the services because services are limited by the uh, limit, substantial limitations are there. And then where the product journey started. So the movement was difficult between 2006 to 2000. 14, 15 till the time we took a decision to uh, bifurcate the business into services and product and then took a call to launch a new brand, Intellect. Now you have, we created a nucleus brand first and Polaris brand second and the third is an Intellect brand. And a lot of people ask me the question, why do you need to create a third brand Intellect? Why can't you run on a Polaris brand? My personal belief was that each brand has a characteristics and a um, Persona, which defines, so Polaris brand was a service brand. It was a global known brand, but we cannot launch a premium brand under Polaris. And product has to be a premium brand if you want to go to the Western market, because Western market, your persona has to be premium. They don't want to buy. Second number, price is not a consideration. The premium is a consideration for the Western market. So when this brand becomes after three, four years, it become known in a global market, that's another moment of joy for the team, which stood by during this phase of last uh, five years, where we invested close to thousand crore in building a brand and products out of India. So I think these are the multiple points where I felt joyful, and one moment of joyful with you was transformational leadership program sometime in 1996, where you Peter Block and uh, Dinesh Chandra I think uh, was there in that workshop in Dharamshala, where As a young entrepreneur, I happened to meet Anu Aga. I happened to meet Vikram Lal, and for three days and three nights, those inspirational days has changed the purpose of my from personal growth to the institutional building growth. So that was an important uh, learning, which I want to highlight, Anil.
0: Thank you, Arun. Thank you, Arun. You know, amongst all the things that you've said, something that really made me feel uh, 100 feet tall, if I may use the metaphor, is when I was coaching one of your senior executives recently. Mm -hmm. And he told me in that day that, you know what, today we got the news that our product has been recognized as the best retail banking product in the world. Mm -hmm. I said, did you say in the world? He said, yes. I almost got up with out of excitement. So my wife, Neera, said, What happened, Anil? I <laughs> said, You know, Arun's company has been had given this recognition. So tell me, how did that happen? That is something which every Indian has a right to feel very proud
1: about. We are very proud of it. That's a joyous movement last month, which happened, is IBS published a league table of the product companies. And not in one category, not retail banking. We got number one in wholesale banking as well as retail banking products. So two products got rated number one in the world. And wow. that, that's a, so I think what, how it happened, your question was, yes. I think it was a journey of last 10 years. I would say last 2% is 200%. 98% products in the world are similar. The differentiation, a Apple phone, we pay three times the price than a next level phone with the same feature and functionality just because of 0.1% differentiation of security and safety in a brand. And that was my inspiration for saying, if intellect has to put a product on the world, it can should not be India brand that's a cheap, sasta uh, Takao kind of a brand. It has to be a brand which is premium brand. So my first challenge to the team was that we need to sell the product at 30% premium to my global competitors. Now, sales team was very, very worried to me that how can you sell coming from India, 30% premium to the global brand from Europe and America, normally you sell 30% cheaper than the global brands, that's a norm. But then we look at it, what is the design thinking can be applied. We invested a 30,000 square feet center of design thinking where we changed the culture of the company. Because culture of the company, something is by talking in lectures, something is by experiential learning. So we invested almost between 2011, 2012, we created a design center, FT8012 which is around latitude and longitude of the place where we take a pride in. And that design center was a cultural uh, change center. We are the as Indian IT industry, which was order taker industry. A service industry is order taker. You need to deliver to the what somebody else orders. Now there are three stages in the change from order taker to problem solver, problem solver to agenda setter. So you need to change the self belief of the people in the company that they are the agenda setter of the wholesale banking technology in the world. So if you want to change to agenda setter, then I need to know so much about the wholesale banking. How does it happen in Europe? How does it happen in America? How does it happen in Singapore? How does it happen in Japan? Because to acquire the world stature, I need to understand all the domains. So our research teams have been put in to bring the best of the practices. So by best of the knowledge database, where we categorize in a very cataloged, very L0, L1, L2 of design thinking philosophy, And on the other side, we look at the marketplace that which are the best customer who understand it. If HSBC understands well, if JPMC understands well, Mizu understands well, MEFG understands well. So we pick up those Citibank understands it well. We pick up those customers and try to understand from them. So by 2017, 18, we could have able to put the products in a global marketplace, win some deals. We We could win the deals singularly the biggest pride we got it, we sold the license at $10 million for one customer. Even for bidding for $10 million for license from Indian company, our salespeople were feeling very uncomfortable. Or are you becoming too ambitious? Because $2-3 three million is itself is 21 crore for the license. A license is only license. You don't have to give anything. And you're asking customer to pay 70 crore rupees in advance without <laughs> seeing the product in a place. It's a floppy getting delivered to him. And uh, so it is a big journey. I think uh, our teams have supported Manish, uh, Rajesh, and the phenomenal team. I fortunate, it's a lot of people in Intellect and Polaris, I'm lucky to have those people who have who never written resume in their life. So in today's life, their pe- first jobs, there'll be at least 200 people in Polaris Intellect who, are, who is the first job from last 30 years in this company, and they joined and working in it. So that's a I'm blessed with the kind of a team to make this possible number one in
0: wholesale and retail banking. This is wonderful. You have described the process. But tell me, when you achieve this kind of, let's say, when you set up an audacious goal like that, that we want to be the best and we want to sell at a premium to global prices, hmm. it's an audacious goal. Hmm. In, inner part of many people say this seems too audacious. Hmm, yeah. And would we be able to do it? So how did you handle that doubting? Because all of us begin to have doubts about ourselves that are we good enough for them. Yeah. How did you tackle that part?
1: This is a beautiful question. I think what we follow this uh, model of shared visioning, which uh, becomes like Lakshya in 2017 or 2014. So every two, three years when we sit down together, I think there are two things which work in your organization. One is subconscious level thinking and one is at a business plan level. So subconscious level thinking, when we do 2 crore to 260 crore, we never look at a business plan. We never created a business plan for it. Similarly, when audacious goals, we set it up in 2014 and 15, when we set up intellect, we set up the oral direction, but we don't repeat that every time because every time, and if you repeat every time, it creates a fear factor and you build on the fear of, by the team. But at subconscious level, the aspiration is rightly set that we would like to be hundred core company. We would like to be number one in the world. That remains. But every time I don't repeat, and we don't repeat every time because it remains at subconscious level. It creates a purpose for everybody. The purpose become bigger than the what quarterly goals are, what annual goals are. Some loss, some losses are happening. So we. First, we were making 200 crore profit when we were Polaris and we were making 200 crore loss when we were in intellect. It was a big trans- transition from cash, deserves coming into cash burn, which is happening. So it creates a doubt in the mind of the various, various employees. So your question is very, very important that during this phase, we need to be together. We need to keep nudging them. So it's a, I would say nudging them rather than reviewing them and not a review process. We need to have a dialoguing process. So, I learned from Krishnamurti Foundation, the circle time. The circle time becomes a important way of understanding each other's emotional quotient along with their competence quotient. And from there, you need to build up capacity quotient. So these three quotient, when you have to build for driving this change, is uh, what is important for us uh, to drive it and nudge it.
0: That's amazing, you know, because I remember when we first started working with you and we were ourselves learning with you and introducing new language and new ways of thinking. Mm-hmm. It's amazing for me to see that you not only built that into your own language, but you actually were always hungry to learn new things. You, you always had the source of picking up. How could you learn more? And I remember one of your questions to me. So why do we have a need to keep uh, talking more rather than listening more? And you said to me, one of the biggest challenges of uh, many of us is that we, we don't listen enough. Tell me more about that. How did you tackle that within yourself and within others to increase their learning quotient?
1: I would say uh, my j- Jain learning, I say Darshan, Gyan, Charitra, which is a Samyak Darshan, Samyak Gyan, Samyak Charitra of a Jain religion. He talks about that to change anybody, any transformation, you change the Darshan first. Darshan is a worldview. Darshan is a worldview, Darshan is a philosophy. So if you change the Darshan, then your knowledge changes. And when your knowledge changes, your character changes. Not Darshan changes within, how does Darshan changes? If I keep telling and keep, uh, if I'm not receiving anything, my worldview cannot change. My worldview can only change when, I listen to something more, different perspective from from the people. So, darshan goes into listening or silence. So, both of them have the same alphabets: so listen and silence. Both silent, both have the same alphabets. And it was a difficult journey, uh, Anil, uh, because as a CEO of the company, you are likely people want to listen to you, or uh, they provoke you to speak more than what. So uh, I think after a lot of uh, self-awareness, when we start doing, I start doing circle time and circle time has 15, 20 people, obviously then your time is only five minutes. Uh, You have to distribute that one hour or two hour time to other people. So that was the beginning of listening. And now I think it become a habit afterwards.
0: Oh, very wonderful. Yes, listen and silent have the same, you know, six alphabets. And I'm curious that when you were sourcing this kind of learning within yourself and when you were encouraging others to learn, it requires almost a habit of uh, what we are now calling the growth mindset because there are a lot of people who get a fixed mindset. There are a lot of people who become self-satisfied at different standards of performance. Mm. And uh, it requires almost to say that we have to enjoy this journey, that you are not emphasizing that you want this output, Mm. but that, that this journey is important. How did you build that into your culture?
1: This is another very... Because we are living in a world where most of the cultures are coming from Western corporate cultures. And our human mind in Indian uh, professional sometimes is imitating mind. Whatever is working in Western world, let's apply GE culture, let's apply city culture, let's apply anybody who they see it uh, in Western world, Silicon Valley culture. I think that is the most difficult task, which I think in last five years, I consciously tried to build in the... Uh, Top management layer. It took me a significant amount of time. Let me just tell you that design thinking from 2014, I am forcing my top management team also didn't accept the design thinking principle. The, from an external world, I will say, oh, everybody is a design thinking person. But the belief, inside belief from the heart, from mind, they may be telling about design thinking, but inside the heart, it took almost four years for people to understand the benefit of design thinking. When I demonstrated them, that with design thinking, I can reduce the support calls from 1,000 to 50. 20x variation can be brought in in operational efficiency. Unless they saw it, they never believed into it. Even my own top management, but they are coming from lateral companies. Somebody is coming from one organization. Somebody is coming from second organization. So now, after seven years, we could be able to have, have a more aligned group where everybody understands the language of design thinking. What is L0, L1, L2? What is copiers? What is belief? So all these elements are now aligned. At least top 500 people understand it, and our throughput start happening. But it's a it's a continuous job of uh, creating the environment of learning in the company, which is a uh, which is step by step, step by step, and keep uh, not being angry. Sometimes you, I feel angry. So uh, when Something looks so obvious to me that why it's not been adopted, how to control your anger and being aware of your frustration before jumping the ship, jumping the gun.
0: Amazing, Arun. And what I personally experienced with you is that you you have a way of defining and talking about design thinking, which is very unusual. You are not speaking like the ideal man or like only the Silicon Valley person. You seem to combine many different parts to it. And therefore you have written that book on design thinking called Unmuk, And you talk about the unmuk mind. Can you elaborate on that? Because that is very unusual and original. This is not a copy of the idea of design thinking. That's right, that's
1: right. Uh, I say the design thinking has two words, design the thinking first and thinking the design. So Western world is looking at it too much about the process side of it. So idea talks about the five step design process, while our Eastern philosophy talks about boundaryless thinking, all my spiritual gurus always talk about boundaryless thinking. They talk about cosmos, they talk about universe. So, all the universal learning which has happened in India is revolved around how do we self aware, starting point. Self aware is around the way my emotional quotient of doubt, what is the meaning of conflict, what is the meaning of ego. What is the meaning of fear? What is the meaning of limiting beliefs? What is the meaning of comfort zone vulnerability? What is the meaning of abundance? These are things which are part of my Eastern philosophy and unless those things get settled down, the second part is just a process part. Process part is can be repeated but it cannot transform. It can give an incremental benefit for the transformation but first piece of Understanding the human psychology and human thinking process and connecting to the spiritual part of uh, deep knowledge, the whether it's a Jain uh, scriptures or Vedas or Upanishad, Upanishad those knowledge are <coughs> time immemorial knowledge. How do you combine the two of them? That's where my research between 2008 and 2010 happened, unmukta unmukta I named it because I observed the birds. These birds are sitting on the tree and the same tree, you have a crow and same tree, you have a, a parrot and same tree, you have a pigeon. They're sitting together. Nowhere happens in corporate culture. We, I call it myself. Marketing manager, I call it myself. Sales manager, I call it myself. Production manager, I don't call it myself as myself. And if I call it myself as myself, I have a learning capacities which are far beyond my simple ability to do it so boundaryless thinking when i become boundaryless that creates a huge capability of understanding and that is a process of anil which you say dialogue appreciative inquiry i think i i some of the things which i inspire you are the inspiration for me and some of the things i learned from a my daughter used to go to krishna school and i used to go go along with her so i she is my some other teaching happened from her or her school in this manner, and various uh, professors on the western side on Silicon Valley. So, combination of three, four things, which is coming out unmukt, and which is driving the
0: results for me. And that word unmukt, how was that revealed to you?
1: I, so, when the moment of uh, when you when I'm doing a design thinking workshop, and sometime and Moment of joy comes in when you discover and connect the dots because you are observing a lot of patterns. So you have a, so in typically outcome of any business performance is a structured thinking and your critical reasoning. In the intersection of it, you get an insight. And when the group is working on it and you get a beautiful insight, you are almost like flying in the sky, which is almost like a unmukt kind of a behavior. Uh, you like a bird. And that feeling of word, when it's there, that's the unmoved.
0: Very nice. You know, because there are a lot of young people who are on this channel listening to you, and I'm going to soon open up the, the, the dialogue to their questions to you. But on their behalf, I ask one question. You know... Many of these people are about to begin their careers or they will soon get into new opportunities at a young age where they are in their beginning of their professional career. And they are watching many, many of the big companies and senior leaders talking about the pandemic and its impact on the world. And so some of them are overwhelmed by the kind of uh, panic it has created in the world markets and so on and so forth. So, obviously, they are very concerned about the future. On one hand, they are worried about their older parents and their well-being and their family. On the other hand, they are very concerned about their own future. So, Arun, when this whole pandemic began to happen, how did you personally, you and your colleagues respond to it? And how are you seeing this whole situation developing? And therefore, through that, what would be the insights you wish to share with young people in this channel today?
1: Let me share when it started happening. We picked up a first signal on 6th of February. We set up a first team to handle Corona on 6th of February. And 12th of February, we had a first travel advisory coming out. Again, we applied the design thinking over there. We had a session of two hours on design thinking that this is going to be there. We heard from Singapore, Thailand, some of the customers that they are not allowing our people to visit them. And suddenly, we invited the meeting and created a framework of which we will be monitoring in over the period of time. Obviously, by the 24th of March, when it was, became a reality, uh, by 9th of March, at least we know, knew that the world economy will shrink by 7%. We could be able to calculate internally that world economy will shrink by 7% on 9th of March by our own internal calculations. So we've prepared, at least internally, that it's going to be a big issue going forward. So we prepared everybody in the company, start socializing it, it's not an easy, uh, easy issue. And we start doing the risk planning and we found that cash will become the most critical at this point of time and collections becomes most important from the client if the pending collections are there. Let's focus on that because cash has to be there. My banking limits has to be there because when the such kind of crisis happen, we don't know when the, how much business will be there not there. But then everybody was almost 200 people got ready uh, with the, the issue which is facing it, multiple Dialoguing session happened, multiple jam boards happened. So, by I think we were very worried from 15th March to I would say 15th May for 60 days. Entire management team was worried. We were having a weekly long calls on understanding this. But I think since we spotted enough by having a dialoguing session, we could able to share our anxiety together openly with each other. And by sharing the anxiety, the fear, anxiety to fear, we avoided the getting to fear. Because when you get into fear, then your thinking process get uh, stopped, and we never convert in that three months period. We never allowed us to be in fearful zone of thinking process. So, obviously, still things are uncertain, um, but fear. We look at this as an opportunity. Opportunity is that okay, let's plan a strategy to go to existing customer and get a business out of them. Look at, help them in solving their problems rather than going to new customer. So spotting the right opportunity is there, but for the new people who are joining the career now, I think this issue is definitely there. But a lot of companies have started learning to deal with it by having a working from home or working from institution, opportunities will be lower Uh, definitely there's no, it's not the same kind of acceleration which is there if world economy has to shrink by seven, eight percent, The definitely for white-collar people or consultants or the business managers will have a short of opportunities. We need to sharpen our conversations with the interviewer much better for the opportunities. What is our core competency? Theory of individual has to commit more sharper over here. The way... You have courage. So what I want to look at it, the people needs to have a courage, not fearful. When you go to the interview with a fearfulness or self-doubt, I think that's the first mistake one gets into. And something you will be having, everybody, human being, nature has given some gift to each one of us. Let's recognize that gift. And that's what we need to leverage in today's world.
0: Extremely good. Extremely good. Thank you. Thank you, Arun. I will now be asking you questions which are coming. A lot of questions are coming from the audience. Um, Gopal PK is asking a question. With your expertise, which strategy is better? To be a product company or a services company or look at both?
1: Uh, I would say both are are two different ways of working. There is no question of two strategies. One strategy is driving a lot of jobs in India. Service industry is a huge industry. It's providing opportunities of transformation for India. And product is also a different way of looking at the business because product is a way of saying that I will set the agenda for the world market and my product should be leveraged by global marketplace. From profit margin perspective, product business in the long term can be high margin business of 30-40% margin business, while services will be a lower margin business because of the extreme competition, which will be there. So over the period of time, the com- the services business may keep on, sh- the joy shrinking in service business because margins are competitive, margins are coming down and more companies are there. While product mar- business has an expanding margin because the more the product you sell e- year on year, you get a annual maintenance fees for that and your margin keep on expanding. So these are the two different models and both are useful models for India.
0: There is another very interesting question which has come up from Dean Dayalan who runs an organization to serve the grassroots level employees. So he's asking that your heart is rural India because you have launched this mission Samriddhi, which is to bring design thinking to serve the villages of the country. Can you talk a bit more about that and can you talk about how can you bring migrants back to their roots, which they may have learned something in the urban cities and how can they create more value in their own villages? How can they use design thinking in the rural areas and how can they learn? So tell us a bit about Mission Samridi and your endeavors and and maybe Dean Dayalan will then get a deeper perspective of what you're trying to do there. Important question, I think
1: when we, Look at design thinking in corporate world and the product world. Next challenge for me was that in 2016 when I visited um poorest area, Yavatmal, in Maharashtra district, where most of the suicide happened. So we seven, we around 15 people visited on 9th of May 2016, Yavatmal, and from Vardha, where we visited a Gandhi place there. And suddenly we found that there's so much. Uh, is required in the whole space of understanding the rural India, and I was so incompetent to even talk about rural India in 2016. So first acknowledging it that I don't know what I don't know. And uh, that's where the journey begins of learning that we need to learn. Then where to learn from? We said there's a, then we found there are too many small NGO efforts are happening, nonprofit efforts are happening in the country. Let's understand and make them guru for us. So we collected almost hundred such organizations which are working at a national level and bring them into a common platform called Samriddhi platform and learn from each one of them. So in this process, we understand the whole landscape of rural India. Rural development has got seven dimensions of it. First dimension is the personal dimension itself of the rural India. When you ask migrant worker, I think problem is much more deeper. We have 900 million people live in rural India. They themselves can have, can have a $1 trillion economy. But this 900 million people have never, we are imitating urban models and putting in rural India. We are not originally creating their own models of development. So first is a personal development, their own belief system. If Sarpanch in the village, Is a CEO of the company. He runs a village of 5,000 people. I am as a company CEO I run say, 5,000 people. What is the difference between me and him? for who is running the village versus Arunjan who's running in a corporate world because he, we are all, both of us are responsible for the earning potential of 5,000 people in the group. So my responsibility and my purposes are not different, but what is the skill set difference? Do we have a, we, did we set up a IIPM, Indian Institute of Panchayat Management like IITs and IIMs? If we created a capacity 50 years back for engineering and management, we never created a capacity of learning for the Panchayat Management. Gandhiji might have said something in 1940s, but after that, nobody paid any attention to it. So this is a root problem is how we look at the rural India as a a beggar, as a low-end part of the work. So their self-image of rural India is subordinated image. On the other side, we are saying we need to build up an image of a powerful self-image when we want to create a belief system So it has to start from personal development. From there, we need to get into social development. From there, we need to go to economic development. Jumping economic development by giving a subsidy is giving antibiotic to the patient, which may solve the problem for the time being, but underlying problem solving doesn't happen on this. So migrant labor issue, we may have some immediate short-term belief system, but first of all, we have to change their mindset. Uh, we need to have all the hr professionals of urban india i need their help if they can adopt a village and change a mindset of a one community uh, of self belief and self doing and we have seen those models in jharkhand we have seen those models in maharashtra we have seen those models in up where self image is getting changed and those self images as soon as we change these migrant workers are very good uh, activators because they are like a, what we were migrant labor uh, as an IT professional. We were also migrant to US and we came back from US and India. So there's no difference between the people of IT industry who went to America, came back and uh, started IT companies. Similarly, this migrant labor who went to Bombay and Delhi, when they come to the villages, they can start the similar kind of businesses in rural India. They have to provide that kind of a confidence that they can make bring a difference to them. And that's where a lot of role urban community
0: has to give them a confidence. What a very nice thing to say, Arun. The Swami Chidrupananda Saraswati of Chinmaya Mission is attending this session. Hari Om Swamiji. And uh, he's talking about uh, what a wonderful, excellent perspective. And he says spirituality is the core. And so he's very, uh, very, very encouraging about this whole conversation you are having to you. And he's sending his blessings to you. And uh, Shivani Bhatnagar, who's one of our young students who's specializing in HR, is saying, Arun, how can uh, design thinking transform the way HR is run in companies? Can you show some insights about that?
1: HR is a, I think, is becoming more of a, uh, (laughs) to me, within my company, I find HR has a very standard templates, templatized business, performance management, appraisal systems, recruitment system, it is, it's is—it's templatized. So over the period period of 30, 40 years of uh, industry, HR has uh, boxed uh, themselves in. I say, oh, I'm a tag expressionist. I'm a uh, performance management expressionist. Who is a dialogue expert here? How you conduct the appreciative inquiry everywhere and in our organization, intellect and polarize, my frustration is there that we say, Oh, this is a he's a fresher. The word is with oh, a one-year experience. Yeah, we all were one year experience when we started our career. Who has given us a right that he's a kid? We don't respect him as a full human potential person at that place. HR role has to be seen, each individual, in a it's holistic manner rather than being seen himself as a uh boxed in element saying he was in, he's in marketing or he's in sale or he's in so that entire job rotation process itself is so um overly boxed process while the the best ability comes in when if somebody who's supporting a customer tomorrow I start writing the product because he knows the problem he knows the empathy of the customer and that empathy has to come in for the hr so how much time HR puts in in dialoguing with the people and creating a dialoguing platforms and expression platforms, creating a kind of festival in the organization every day, every week some festival is happening. That is the kind of environment if HR can create, that will be the most valuable uh, celebration one can do.
0: RR Nair, who's a Unilever board member and you know he's a very well-known executive coach and a dear friend. So RR says, it's fascinating to listen to your convictions and how you prepare to face the pandemic. He says he heard you say, co envision with your team as they too understand the larger cause and purpose of your joint journey. Given the trend to work from home, how do you carry the spirit to your employees in the future, this co creation? How do you think this will happen when people are operating from home? Actually,
1: <laughs> this digital platform has helped me out in reaching out to the larger audience than I was doing physically when I was in office. When I was in office, I used to do within a city of Chennai, within a city of Bombay, I was able to connect them. Today with the digital platform, the co-envisioning is possible globally. So when we have certain problem to solve, we bring the best people from global place, wherever the person is, and then start doing the envisioning on a using Jamboard. There's a tool on Google Enterprise called whiteboarding session. We can do a whiteboarding session together on Jamboard where simultaneously people can put their issues, put their challenges, put their opportunities, put their pipeline. So we able to do some of the product launches, like iTurmeric is a new product we launched. It took six weeks to launch a product. It used to be our cycle time for launching a product was close to a Nine months to 12 months, even after products are ready. After that, my messaging and marketing, it t- used to take nine to 12 months' time. It took just six months' time during this digital phase of who are
0: envisioning because. I mean, six weeks. Time. You said six weeks, right? Yeah. Six weeks. Yeah. Six six weeks. Weeks. yeah. yeah. Amazing. That's absolutely amazing. That is really exceptional. So, what you're really saying is once you can bring that clue and get people to collectively come together to serve, then magic begins to happen. What a nice thing to say. You know, Chinmay Organization of Rural Development, Narendra, who is working in transforming thousands of lives, you know, thousands of people working with, the, with, the, with the, you know, Dr. Shama Maitre, whom you know. Uh, so Narendra Paul is talking about how Mission Samriti Conference in Chennai, which he attended, he felt an experiential and actionable simplicity for transformation coming from there. So he's saying, how can we develop this in our children? And how can this be made a part of the national culture so that millions of children get this kind of a design thinking approach right from an early stage? How do you think that is possible?
1: Thank you, Nandji. You have appreciated that conference. And we've got so joy by your experiences and everybody else experiences. We said there's so many good people in this country doing so much wonderful job. There's no platform for listening to them or open listening to them. Most of the conferences are five minute lectures, not a kind of a experiential kind of a learning process. So, and this is a one thing which we learned from design thinking, uh, which can be applied in social thinking. The three words are important here. One is celebrate, celebrate what is good happening. Second is we look at it, connecting the best people in the system, and then catalyzing it. The third is catalyst, catalyzing. If all of us are catalysts who are sitting in this forum, and if we start celebrating, observing what good is happening, and have an environment thinking of abundance in, within us, I think this workshop can be phenomenally valuable. So, post that, we are now. Getting into each space in Mission somebody that what are the best learnings of let's say kitchen garden in Vardha, How do you apply instead of five five hundred kitchen gardens? Can you make a hundred thousand kitchen gardens? If there is a Hagdarshak, if there's education, how do you make it all all India? So these are the in each area we are spending time, we call it L1, L2, L3. You have to go from macro to micro, and at micro level, you, you create a scalable model. So that's where.
0: Uh, thought processes. Very nice, Arun. Uh, So, Amit Jain, who till recently was one of the senior executives with a company called Chulon, which is, uh, you know, a portfolio company that invests in the oil and gas sector. Uh, So, he's uh, getting a lot of rich insights and he asked you when you have seen so many ups and downs in the industry, how did you manage to keep the motivation level up for the leadership team? Because, you know, it's, many sectors including oil and gas which he comes from have got severely impacted the other day somebody said one of the biggest oil companies has let go of 40% of his leadership team globally right mm-hmm. when these kinds of things happening how do you manage to retain motivation level in your leadership team
1: quite a difficult task i think the authenticity is the only thing where which keeps a Leadership team because a lot of leadership team sees you through that authenticity. So if I have a problem, I openly dialogue with the team that this is a problem. As soon as we try to hide the problem statement, sometimes we get into the wrong trap of non-authentic conversation. And I think authentic dialoguing is a one way of uh, sh- facing the bad things as uh, good things are. So, and I. My experience is if you engage the people and share authentically that this is the issue, creating a common jam board, You are, we are I was as worried as other people are worried. I don't say that I, I know the answer. So when we become vulnerable as a leader, normally sometimes it's proposed that leaders should not be vulnerable. Leaders should show the um, broad chest in front of everybody. That's where the problem happens because other people can see that if he has to take care of it, because this problem cannot be solved by me. This problem has to be solved by all the 5,000 employees of the company. They are equally, but we never looked at it that we need to fire anybody. Because firing, as soon as you take a first step of saying, I want to cut the cost for somebody else, that's a problem area. If you have to cut the salary, we cut the salary for everybody uh, for that matter, if it is required to be done. And fortunately, we didn't have to cut that, take that step, but that is a problem statement when you share authentically, I think that's maybe the one answer I could have. Uh, your oil industry is much worse than our industry, so I will not have that
0: experience. Dev Duti Gupta, one of our students is asking that the hospitality industry is uh, struggling very badly. How can design thinking be used as an approach to uplift this hospitality industry today? And what can we do therefore to channel human motivation in this uh, very difficult sector right now
1: and this is a worse sector and definitely i don't have a direct answer for this the design thinking can help is um, to come out with a process steps that okay these are the what competency this has what assets do they have maybe we can have a session one session two session three we may find some answers so design thinking as a five-step process, understanding the cartographic view, defining the problem statement, then look at divergence, then convergence and storyboarding. So some answer may evolve, uh, but immediately I don't have an answer.
0: Okay. Arun, Kavita Kapoor, our common friend, and uh, you know, Ambassador Pradeep Kapoor, who are both in Maryland. So Kavita is asking the question that thanks for your inspirational message related to rural development. What would you have done differently if you were to go back to engineering school once again? And with that perspective, what would you advise management institutes to do so that they can really build the right quality of leaders?
1: If I go to engineering college, I think this, ji, this is a uh, good question. We, I am personally believing. First is, whatever I learned in engineering, I didn't know what the purpose of learning if we can bring a design thinking as a first subject of looking at the perspective building in the first year itself, like Northwestern started doing design thinking in the first year itself as a course, that would have been very, very, I would have learned all those subjects with a context in mind. I never have a contextual learning. I had an examination learning. And we in engineering college, what is the learning we got in engineering college, which I share with it, we learned how in four weeks' time you can prepare for the exam and st- still score A grades. So that's the only thing we learn in engineering college rather than learning the subject matter or what the context of the subject is there. But obviously that also helps as Indian graduates. We always, uh, when the industry problem is there, we need to solve in four weeks' time so we can solve the f- something in four weeks' time or six weeks' time faster than most of the other culture because we have a, in a typical semester world, we know how to prioritize which questions will come in an examination, which will not come in examination. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so, the, so that skill where the Indian professionals are highly in demand in U.S., where maximum companies are looking for CEOs. So we are naturally built on a scarcity environment, and we know uh, how to prioritize which is 10 gram, 100 gram, 1,000 gram. Issues are there for the examination. But if I have to start, restart as a natural learner, How do you change the management school as a natural learner? I think that will be the biggest challenge for the educational institution. And Soil is, I think, is doing a brilliant job in making a more holistic learning than just a subject learning. And that's where the two emotional quotient and contextual quotient, both are coming along with the competency building quotient.
0: Now, Aishwarya Shankar, who seems to have some more uh, deeper knowledge of uh, some of the things you are doing. So, Aishwarya is asking a question. Sir, with IDA completing nine years tomorrow, and for the audience's sake, you can tell what IDA is all about. Do you look back to see anything which could have been done differently? Because the biggest achievement and failure in the past, which is close to a decade tenure. So, can you talk a bit more about IDA and uh, enlighten the audience what this is about?
1: So idea is intellect design arena. So what we call the word arena, design arena, is where multiple products can be created. More of innovation from India can come from the same space. So it's not about just the just a one product, but multiple products can come in. In nine year journey, what could have been done differently? I think many things could have been done differently on hindsight, because whenever you look at look back, the hindsight that whether I should have been more nudging at early stages of the uh, intellect design, whether I should have been more uh, demanding on quality control at early stages of product development or uh, going to the market could have been some somewhat different. But going with this journey of uh, what we are achieving in number one status after nine years of the product journey, I think... We are not. We should be satisfied and celebrate our successes of number one in retail banking and wholesale banking with a positive future going forward.
0: Nice. In fact, Aishwarya is a student of soil, so I now understand it's the same alum. I was wondering whether it's someone else. So, and also thank you for telling me that IDA is Intellect Design Arena. That's a <laughs> wonderful, wonderful acronym as well. Uh, you know. There is another question being asked here by Sanjeev Tripathi. He's saying, sir, can you please share a little bit more about how HR can be a change agent in this COVID scenario? He's uh, heading HR and uh, for Osram, India. So, wants you to give some insight on how HR could play a more enabling role in the current crisis.
1: I think this digital channel of uh, engaging people, uh, HR can play a substantial ro- role as a Curiosity creator in the or learning creator. Uh, at Intellect, we have a the way. You have Thursday talk, Anil. Uh, we have a Thursday talk on digital talk for some topic. We pick it up and two or three internal people speak about it. It is a great encouragement for internal people to speak to entire organization on every Thursday, and you can motivate many people. And a lot of internal learning can go to the everybody. Then there's circle times HR can do, internal circle times can do to pick up the emotions of the people and understand what kind of a, uh, issues they are facing as of now. And circle time will, and you can find the opportunities also there. And some of the celebrations can be done on digital COVID times. There are some games are available. Gaming can be done using Zoom calls or other technologies which are available over here. So uh, I think that HR, what HR can do differently now is HR can engage 250 people, 300 people, 500 people on a similar workshop and Anil, you were talking last week to our people, there are 500 people participated. If 500 people, otherwise, if you were to come to Intellect office, um, there may not be more than 100 people in a one conference room would have been accommodated. So expanding the scope can be substantial with digital channel now.
0: Wonderful. Ashok Ramamurthy is asking a question that in your vast experience, you have seen lots of ups and downs in Polaris. It was possible to contribute to society through Ulla's trust, even, you know, at different times. How do you continue with that even during difficult times in business? I think the purpose,
1: Anil, when we sat down in 96 with your workshop uh, and you asked the question, what is the purpose of your life? Uh, I think till 96, I was looking for a personal uh, uh, comfort. So it was a personal journey I had. And that is the time when it become personal journey to institutional journey in that what is the nature has given me the gift. If nature has given me the gift of being entrepreneur, can you create 100 entrepreneurs? And this 100 entrepreneurs is the entrepreneurial spirit. Who last us, we started in 97, where we look at it, how this dream of self-belief, can be started at ninth when when child is adolescent. And if you change that seed of dreaming and seed of self-belief at that adolescent when he's coming to teens, his whole life can change. And that is where the last has started. And that is more passionate to me than a business, I would say, because there the 250,000 students per year get changed, they put a seed all the employees of Polaris works towards that. And this is a small cost for the business to do it, but I think in a tough times or uh, smart times, uh, this number is very, very small and uh, from a business perspective. But I think we need to be committed to the purpose what we are living by.
0: And Arun, in uh, Ulaas Trust, I have seen with a uh, lot of joy how you are, if I may say, better half, <laughs> Manju has played uh, such a wonderful role in uh, being not a real partner to you in supporting you in that endeavor. And to see Manju, uh, you know, take responsibility to learn, I think you are blessed. And also your children seem to also have imbibed similar values. So uh, congratulations on a, on a life which is very well lived so far, Arun. And thank yeah. you for being part of our lives. I just want to sum up, Uh, The five important insights that I got from you today, Arun. The first, you said that the very purpose of education, the core of that is to really know who you are and really take responsibility for answering that question for yourself. At an early stage, when there was an endeavor in your part that you wanted to take responsibility, there was something bubbling up inside you. You really wanted to take responsibility. You were were careful to listen to the energy that was coming from inside you, that spirit of entrepreneurship. And because you paid attention to that, you did the kind of things that you did. So the core is listen to your own inner self. Then you said the second thing, you have to learn to dialogue. This is not just about expressing your opinion or trying to show what you know, but learn about the power of dialogue. Where, When you listen deeply, you really get much, much more aware. Your entire worldview changes. And so the third element you talked about is the power of the intangible, the spiritual power when the darshana changes, when your world view changes, then you begin to look at the world very differently. Because it is often said in spirituality that you look at the world the way you are, not the way the world is. So when you become open, then all kinds of wonderful things begin to happen. The fourth thing you said, when you get into a position of responsibility, remember. You are not smarter than all the other people who work with you. Never assume that responsibility. Never pretend to have answers for all the problems because there is no problem in the organization that a CEO can give an answer to. But the CEO can certainly invite the right people into the room around the right questions. So you really told us that the role of a leader is becoming like a social architect. Invite the right people into the room around the right questions. And the last point that I want to really acknowledge uh, about you is that your heart was beating. You never forgot your roots that you came from a simple family with modest resources. And you said, I want to, now that God has given me this privilege of having earned certain wealth and got some experience, how can I put the power of that to use to make the country better? And what you are telling us to do is that if we can truly find solutions to work with the rural India, and you're invoking all right-thinking HR people and people leaders and everybody to say, let's go and work in one village at a time and see how can we develop solutions that can improve that village. So, Arun, thanks a lot for your uh, wonderful session today. It's always uh, very nice to be in your presence. And thank you very much for, for making all of us so happy this evening. Thank you very much.
1: Thank you, Anil. Thank you for your good question to me. (laughs) uh,
0: Each question is a learning personally for me. Thank you.